am scared for him because I know what he went through his own personal stuff. But what if it's better than that? You know, we're doing all this work so that it can just, we're not going to go back there, you know? <laughs> Did we ever leave? No, uh, but we're back recording. That's right. Here for another week's special. <laughs> First time parents, how would you describe this season? Very different to the uh, last couple of seasons. Um, really diving deep into our relationship and the work we're trying to do to get ourselves back on track as to where we were prior to having a kid. So, yeah, certainly uh, a very deeper level into our relationship. Mm. And we've even got sponsors. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Uh, so if you haven't stalked Kitchen Language, jump online, kitchenlanguage.com.au. If you're sitting there thinking, what the fuck is Kitchen Language? Just jump on and have a stalk. I want you to think right now, if you're 18 plus, you love a chuckle with your partner, you Maybe you're a bit of a sweary kind of friend. Or like partner. talking shit. You like talking shit. I promise you the products are super affordable and you will have a lull. So we just saw our best friend the other day and we got her a stubby holder for her 40th birthday. Uh, I don't know, you could call us friends, you know, $12 present. <laughs> but we were like, bargain, woohoo. <laughs> so you will jump online and you'll see the array of stuff. There's tea towels, aprons greeting cards. We also got her one of those, which was, um, she was very impressed. One in a fucking million was what the card said. So if you want to jump online, you can get free shipping if you use the promo code love. So kitchenlanguage.com.au. They're all about this relationship series. They're enjoying like you, like the feedback we've had about this season has been incredible with people who uh, you know, you've got a, you're a fly on the wall for our relationship, but it's also helping you with your relationship as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like we had some awesome feedback with, uh, I think there were two couples that had very similar scenarios to us. And Well, what's uh, our scenario for people who might have just pressed play for uh, the first time? I don't think I could sum it up in like a few seconds. Really? I think, well, obviously for us it's um, we've got one child who's three and a half and we were together for how many years was it? Five or six, six years maybe? So we've been married five years this year and we've been together ten. Yeah, so five years, four years, um we were together and then had a kid. So outside of that, you know. Your maths is so bad. My maths, yeah, well. We were together for six and a half years before we had a kid. <laughs> hey, it is past my bedtime and here I am doing doing this for you. Maybe you don't no. need to get caught up in the facts. Well, you fucking threw me off because we were literally, and then you're like, um, yeah, how about we go deeper? No. Um, so to sum it up, yes, we've been together for 10 years. We've got a three-and-a-half-year-old, been married for five <laughs> years. So, yeah, you know, life changed dramatically uh, after having a child. One, because it's something we'd never done before. And two, we changed our uh, our jobs, our roles. And then I'd come home from FIFO 
and then that little thing called COVID. So there was just a big mis- mixed match of um, shit that was thrown at us. And, yeah, we did lose ourselves along the way as a relation- as a couple. Yeah. And this, is the ho- this whole episode or season is to really try and pull back what we had, which we know it's going to take time and effort, but we're here willing to give it our all to try and get back what we, what we missed the most. And I think the feedback from those messages which you were talking about were people saying that they'd tried counselling, they were trying different things and they realised they'd lost themselves and they were trying to come back together as a couple and this podcast has been helping them. So um, please send us a message. We love hearing from you at underscore Heidi Anderson on Insta. Um, But today, what was our last session about with fish? So for those who are just pressing play for the first time or maybe you're catching up to speed, we've got um, a relationship communication coach on here and we we are finding that we are having bigger conversations on this podcast because it's a safe space for us and he's there with us and last week was a big one. So here is what happened in our latest relationship therapy session talking about whether to have another child or not. It's a big topic and some, one of the reasons why we probably started this podcast was because we maybe needed a safe space to actually talk about it. Right. So Griffo has told me that he doesn't want another baby and I do. Great. Juicy when, topic. Well, when we try and talk about it, the conflict mind that you talk about, I shut down or get defensive. He, um, you know, then shuts down because he feels guilty. You know, there's yeah. all these we can't ever have a conversation yeah. about it. Yes. So, yeah, we did have a fight. Oh, maybe not long after before I messaged you to do some stuff and that was when it was like we just, and now, like, we don't talk about it. Yes, yes, great. So, first of all, I just want to acknowledge the courage that it takes to bring this topic oh. and and how juicy that is for everyone else. Like, what a great contribution you're making to everyone else because we could beat around the bush on little upsets about popcorn and, you know, you know, why didn't you text me back when I felt insecure? But, yeah, let's reach right into the heart. There will be so many couples out there stuck in this unwinnable situation. So thank you. It already makes me super emotional, actually. Yeah, of course it does. It's a really big, really meaningful situation. Okay, so... I just want to hear from one of you to start with, and the second one can just help illuminate anything that was missing from the four truths that the first person shared. So who who wants to go ahead? Do you want me to go first? Okay. Oh, my God, I feel so emotional. Where do you want to start, Heidi? Do you want to start in your your pain or your yearning? Yeah, I started yesterday when I wrote up my yearning, then I went to my pain, then I went to what they're yearning for. And then, yeah, <laughs> and then the pain that you're in. Right. So just for, just for benefit of the listeners, four quadrants on a page, top left is my yearning, bottom left is my pain, top right is their yearning, and bottom right is their pain. So where do you want to start? Okay, so what I'm yearning for is I'm trying to be heard about why I want another child. I'm wanting him to see my pain of not having one and having that taken away. Um, I need to know if this is going to happen. And I guess 
I want to feel like that he truly gets it, what I'd be giving up. Yes. What Memphis is giving up and what our family is giving up. Yeah. And I want him to feel like he really, truly understands the gravity of it and the pain that I'm in. Hang on, before we go there. Oh, yeah, sorry. Maybe I skipped. Oh, yeah, the pain that I'm in. Yeah, that's okay. Before we go, it's hard to articulate, to be fair. Yeah, before we go there, let's just spend a moment in your yearning. You've done such a beautiful job. So, what you're yearning for, if I hear it correctly, is to be really deeply understood by your man in the upset, even in the upset of the conversation, as well as the upset of a potential outcome of having not another kid. And to really have his heart wrapped around your sense of potential loss. Yeah. And to feel like he really cares, cares about those emotions in you and cares about how deeply you might feel that loss. And you want that recognised. You see, one of the things in our yearning, all of us, is that we want our pain seen. It's a key aspect of our yearning. And it often goes unfulfilled because when we express our pain, they get all defensive or they feel their own pain and it never, our pain never gets tended to. So beautiful. What are you wanting in terms of um, the, the, what are you wanting to feel with the idea of having another child? What's that yearning? What do I like to have another child? What does that, what would that afford you? What would that give you in terms of an emotional experience what's the truth of your yearning there I think I just like I genuinely feel like our family's not finished and I feel like not empty like I feel very satisfied in all areas of my life with him and Memphis and work but there's just this thing that's like no there's like another little human being that's supposed to be in our family so I feel a bit like if I think about it Like I genuinely feel like there's a hole in my heart. Yeah. There's some, you've got this sense of that you're yearning for that other being to come in. Yeah. And the sense of completion and peace. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, I've got a lot of amazing things that are happening in my life and our life, but it's like I just can't imagine it's us three. I feel like there's supposed to be, like it's just this intuition as well that there's this other little person that's, like meant to be a big brother, me to go through that experience again. And I guess I do kind of want to rewrite what we've been through as well. Like we did go through a lot. Yeah, and you're learning to rewrite things, to do it differently this time. Absolutely. Yeah. And what? just know that like feeling that little baby when you meet them for the first time and then, you know, them on your chest and all of I just see all of the amazing like moments where I just cherish forever like I go back and look at Memphis all these little photos and I'm like yeah there's really hard moments but those moments far outweigh the hard like those you know meeting them for the first time holding them like yeah and and can you let me in on and this is me just coaching everyone a little deeper into their yearning what would it feel like for you if you had that fourth if you had that completion if you had that opportunity to rewrite if you had that sense of fulfilling on your mothering what would it feel like to you it would feel just like our family is complete like it would just feel like you said just 
it's hard to express, isn't it? Like what, it what it is. that is because we're so used to we're so used to justifying the narrative. Yeah, of, of like why you want it, and it's like. It's, and I'm not challenging you. I'm just saying, speak the emotional truth of it. And we're, and by the way, none of us have been trained to do this. Yeah. I hear you're yearning for peace and joy and fulfillment. Yes. And completion. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's exactly it. And I just know all these amazing feelings when they happen. Do you know what I mean? Like what I've seen it with Memphis and experienced it with Kim Griffo and Memphis that that's what I like, just there's nothing better. There's yeah, nothing better. Absolutely. And it might even feel like in summary, you might just want to feel like the best possible mother you can ever be. Yeah. The best possible, having the best possible feeling of family right in the centre of your heart. Now yeah. notice here, notice here in this first quadrant what you're yearning for there's an emotional truth. And this lies behind everything that anyone has ever done. Like that's a bit hard to get your head around, but everything anyone has ever done is founded on the yearning to feel what doing that thing would afford us feeling. And that's the heart yearns to feel good things always. Mm -hmm. Even if we've done horrible things, right at the bottom of it, we were yearning to feel less pain, that our pain gets to be understood. Finally, someone recognises us. I don't feel alone in this situation anymore. I feel understood. I feel, I feel met. I feel justified. I feel fulfilled. I feel more at ease. I feel more peace. There's always that truth to it. Beautiful. Now, one final question before we move on from this first quadrant. What do you yearn for Griffo? Um, was because, that you because you don't yearn for what we will find in the bottom right quadrant, do you? Oh, you yeah. no, I, want, I want him to have the same thing because having lived this experience with him and seen what he's gone through himself and the struggle to connect and, you know, the pressure that he felt and all of those things that I can see why he's not yearning to go through it again. And, you know, I want him to feel the exact same same things as me, that peace, that joy, that like fulfillment in our family. Yeah. So there you are. Your beautiful heart is also yearning for your man's fulfillment, his ease, his peace, his sense of completion, his sense of doing it better and yeah. what that might mean for him in terms of healing and reconciliation of parts of him. So look at, and this is a general note, top left quadrant, look how fucking magnificent it is. Everything that your heart is yearning for, for you and for him, is always a flavour of magnificent, always. Now, beautiful work. So now we're going to move from the top left, which is what you're yearning for, yeah. down into the bottom right, which is the unintended pain for him, pain that you would never want from this situation. That is alive in him. So what were you able to recognise as the upset that comes alive in him around the topic of another child? Again, this is hard because it's like, did I do this right? My brain goes straight into, did I write? Did I do it? Yeah. Am I right? Well, here's the thing, Heidi, before you continue, this uh, what I'm asking you to do now is feel into another human being's pain. Yeah. 
we have been trained out of that like crazy in this world, trained out of it. We've been trained to fix it, judge it, compare it, analyse it, dismiss it, but never recognise and validate it. Mm. We haven't been trained how to do that. So, of course, this is difficult and we're just having our first few attempts at it. Yeah. What might it leave him feeling? The so feeling guilty and scared and um, fearful, attacked and judged that he doesn't want the same thing as me. Um, he also must feel like not heard and, you know, then all those other feelings come up um, and he it's seeing as if I have let him down. Oh, yeah, so he's got this feeling of like um, being shut off as well. Yeah. Like that he's not enough. Yeah. Um, and this, yeah, this is the guilt and the unhappiness of letting me and Memphis down. Yeah. So it seems as if. As soon as the topic comes up, it seems as if suddenly there's a risk that he's the disappointment, that he's the failure, that he's the impediment to everyone's beautiful wishes, that that makes him the villain, that he's the baddie, that he's not enough, that he's he doesn't have the strength or courage that his woman demands. And, and of course, and, you know, we might be very frustrated that they shut off under those circumstances, but any human being does. Mm. You know, as soon as, as soon as, uh, and I'll particularly talk from a man's point of view, as soon as I get the sense that my partner is feeling disappointed in me, part of me wants to run away from that feeling because to feel like I'm failing at loving my woman is heartbreaking for me and part of me shuts down and I have to practice staying open and communicating that heartbreak but part of me just wants to go look if if you're going to be disappointed in my loving you this is not going to work right does that kind of resonate for you at El Griffo I mean you know the thing she said there's a lot that you know you do feel that you know um I don't think it's something that really rings home with regards to feeling like I am not good enough, but I think it's just not having the same desire as her is hard. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, we are our own person and we are going to want what we want. So yeah. I don't feel like I'm not enough. Got it. In that sense is just probably more the, the letdown. Of course. I make her feel, you know. Got it. So, Heidi, what do you think, what, what emotions might arise for Griffo if, if he's feeling like he might be letting you down? What does that feel like in him? Sadness, emptiness, anger as well, frustration. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because letting you down is not at all in his yearning. <laughs> <laughs> he never wakes up thinking, how do I disappoint my woman? How do I let down my family? Yeah, beautiful. So, so let's just notice that diagonal for a moment. You're yearning in his pain. And let's recognize that they're both true. And that's that's a bit groundbreaking because normally, normally, Heidi, you might want to talk about how much you yearn for beautiful things. And Griffo might want to talk about how upset that leaves him feeling. 
But until now, we haven't learned to hold those two things as coexistent. So we'll come back to that. But isn't it, isn't it kind of like a great cosmic joke that there you can be wanting such beautiful things for you and him, and at the very same time, it can be received, it can land on him, or the impact on him is sorrow, a risk of being seen as letting you down, some shut-offness, some frustration, some anger, some hurt, some maybe some guilt, maybe some stuckness, shutdownness, mm. wanting to wanting to just close the situation, close the conversation down because it feels too high risk. What you're yearning for and what he's suffering with are both coexistent. Can you feel that? Mm-hmm. Notice in this approach, no one gets to be wrong. Across that diagonal, no one gets to be wrong. We still haven't worked out what to do about it. But at the the moment, we're going to suspend what to do about it in favour of growing mutual understanding. Heidi's yearning and Griffo's pain coexist and they are both worthy of our loving attention. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. So now, Heidi, I want you to go into your upset, your pain, bottom left quadrant. What's it like for you? What's it like for you, the idea of maybe not having a child? What's it like for you even broaching the subject? What feelings come up for you? Let's bring loving awareness to all of it. It makes me feel broken. Yeah. Just like that just kept coming up for me. Yeah. And just, yeah that devastation and grief like that you feel like you know the roller coaster of when you're going grieving through something and so you feel angry you feel sad you know then you feel like oh, I'm okay like I just trust the universe it's all good yeah. Yeah. but if I really think about it like I genuinely feel so sad yeah like just enormous sadness and grief at the idea of not having another child Absolutely. And what else? What else is the pain around having the conversation? I think it's that the pain around the conversation is it's like I feel as if I'm always the one that's going to have to do the work. And if I'm the one that doesn't have the child, then I'm the one that's going to have to go through and do all this work on myself afterwards so that I don't have resentful feelings or Okay. You know, and like, and not feeling like empty and deflated, and you know, then yeah. we'll like go on and try and fill this void for the rest of my life. So, so then the idea that that might have to happen, what does that leave you feeling? Broken. Got it. Yeah. And kind of like hopeless, like, how will that ever happen? Oh, I like, I genuinely feel hopeless. And that's why it's like, you know, and people say such dumb things like, oh, just put holes in the condom or this, all this stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm not putting anyone in that position. Like him as the person that I love, as much as I, you know, people, they've said that they've convinced their partners and stuff, but I just can't. And so, yeah, I feel like my hands are tied. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here, I mean, luckily with the the pathway we're taking is not about convincing or tricking or deceiving uh-huh. or manipulating or or 
you know, arguing until someone gives in because all of that ultimately will breed resentment. Yeah. Down the track, down the track, if if another child is based on someone not feeling validated, I tell you what, that's going to come up big time. And that's <laughs> what I don't years. want. I don't want that. And that's why I'm trying to trust the process. So I have this like part of me that's like a little hopeful, like doing this. And I'm like, well, we won't talk about it really until we go through this process because we're working on ourselves, bring ourselves back together. But amazing. You know, there's the times that I do that when I think about it and I'm like, I just feel like it just feels like the end. But then that, that feels stupid saying that. Then I beat myself up because I'm like, oh, but you've got Memphis and you've got Griffo and, like, you know, all these amazing things. So so notice that you're pointing to other layers of pain here, such as feeling guilty for feeling hopeless. Yeah. And this is very typical, by the way, this is very typical in our pain quadrant, we will have difficult feelings, and then we will often have a feeling of guilt or self-judgment around feeling those things. This is very human. And shame as well, like people can't even have kids. And then so you think, well, can't you just be grateful with one? Yes. So I feel ashamed. I feel guilty. I feel, I feel like deep sorrow, grief, hopelessness. Is there any aspect, and I'm not saying that this is the kind of person you would be and or that Griff would be wanting you to feel this way, is there any part of you that feels deeply misunderstood? Yeah, I think that was one of my other things that I wrote here. Like it seems like they just don't get it. Like they don't yeah, get it. get it. Yeah, it's beautiful. And that leaves me feeling misunderstood, maybe even hurt or unloved or uncared for. Yeah, Beautiful. So all of that is alive in you. And notice in this model that all that pain just gets to be recognized and validated. It doesn't have to be argued for or justified. It doesn't have to have theses written about it to convince any board of directors that it exists. It simply gets to be recognized and articulated. Mm. That is deeply fucking healing. (laughs) When we can recognise our pain, put words to it and articulate it without having to argue for it, I just feel what I feel is is a very healing place to stand in relationship. Mm. Because until then, we've, we've run the risk of having our pain dismissed, so we've really got to dig in and we come up with all the data to support it and we dismiss all the data that they have against it and the war continues, right? Yeah. Beautiful. Okay, so look at how real your pain is and and it might even feel to some extent that, you know, Griffo doesn't understand the pain that you're in. Now let's go across the diagonal from the bottom left, your pain, into the top right, his yearning. What is the yearning in his beautiful, tender, loving heart behind behind not being sure about or maybe even being sure that he doesn't want to have another child? What's the yearning there? Because on the surface level, it can just seem like dismissing your dreams, being very selfish, but all, and all that is the story that the mind tends to tell when we don't really understand the deeper yearning in their heart. Mm-hmm. What did you find when you inquired into his beautiful, tender heart? What's the the first thing, like what you said, my brain was like, 
does he even get it? Like, will he, like, yeah. my brain went into that of, like, is he just hoping that it will go away? Got it. So on the surface level, yeah. it feels a bit like ill intent, doesn't it? Yeah, that's and that's what I was like, he doesn't give a shit, right? And what you're pointing to, Heidi, is so integral in this work that our mind, Heidi's mind, just like Fisher's mind does it every moment, our mind, in the absence of recognizing what they truly deeply yearn for underneath what they did, we come up with the very unskillful conclusion that they just don't give a shit or that they just want to control us or that they just want to manipulate us or that they are trying to hurt us or that they're trying to bring us down to lift themselves up. We come up with ill intent. Mm. And every single person I've ever worked with for 14 years has done that, assumed ill intent. And when they've become more masterful at this work, every single person that I've worked with for 14 years has discovered something more valid in the other's heart. So I did get to the heart, but literally my first line was like. Good. I'm glad you could be so, so truthful in recognising that because that's a key point. We assume ill intent. Yeah. The whole world is based on ill intent. You can hear it in every news article, every stream in, on social media that becomes volatile, assumed yeah. it's everywhere. Some people are just assholes is the belief. Yeah, sometimes I do think that. Yeah, yeah. It's just <laughs> um, that we haven't got curious enough yet because we've never learned how to. So what yeah. did you find when you got more curious? Um. I think he's yearning to be to be strong, but he's scared, scared of what we went through before, all the changes, the fact that he lost himself, the pain of me, what I went, what I personally went through with like um, physically sickness, identity, and everything that he's trying to protect, like goes into protection mode. He's so yearning to protect you and him from the pain that you've been through before. Yeah, I mean, and um, by the way, you just started to illuminate a little bit more of his pain. Scared that we're going to go through a lot of that. Me and him are going to both go through a lot of pain again. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, coming back into his yearning. He's yearning um, to protect us from that. What else? Well, maybe I got them around the wrong way. I, but because I wrote that he didn't want to lose us again, we've just been finding our way back home to each other. So I think he's like yearning to feel safe and secure. Yeah. Fuck yes. You're you're in his world, you've just lifted out of the fucking chaos of new babyhood and you've started maybe to feel like we can do this again, we can rekindle something. So there's a yearning in his heart to keep rekindling without going back into the smash zone, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I'm just guessing, right? Now now, as we do this, by the way, Heidi, and you're doing such courageous work, such this, I don't know a more courageous thing for human beings to do than, than reach into the valid intentions of another who's doing something that's causing us pain, right? As we validate his yearning, just notice, just check in with yourself about whether it feels like we're dismissing your pain as if we're saying he's right and you're wrong. That's not what we're doing, but it is a very common experience to start with. Yeah. 
as I have, as I'm asked to validate their yearning, it feels a little bit like I'm having to make them right and me wrong. But the pain that you're in is still one of the quadrants and we will continue to bring our loving awareness to it forever. Do you know what, Fish? Like when I I genuinely feel really, really sad for him and, like, I genuinely feel, like, why he would be scared about money, what we went through, like, I feel it and I see that. I find that hard to articulate when we're in those that fight. But when I just when I take myself away, I'm like, yeah, his body's probably screaming like, fuck no, why the fuck would we do that again? Like, you know, his nervous system and everything. So I logically actually feel his pain. But. Yeah. And. <laughs> it, and. And I just, I think it's that like, you know, I, I just want answers. Like, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I yeah. want to end and that's. Yeah. So you I, come back to. Yeah, absolutely. I so, do think so, I am scared for him because I know what he went through, his own personal stuff. But my thing is it's like, what if it's better than that? And what if our family is just like 10 times, like all this stuff is like just, you know, we're doing all this work so that it can just, we're not going to go back there, you know? Beautiful. So you just come back into your yearning quadrant, which is oh yeah, <laughs> yearning to do it differently and I'm yearning. I'm yearning. Um, I'm yearning for clarity as well. Beautiful. That just got spoken to again. Beautiful. So, the beauty of this four truths model is that anytime anything needs to be validated, it's got a place to get validated. Everything about your experience and his experience gets validated in one of the four quadrants. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, nothing gets cast out. Yeah. None of Griffo's yearning gets cast out. None of his pain gets cast out or banished or fought against. None of your yearning gets dismissed and none of your pain gets turned away from. And to start with, we don't necessarily trust, implicitly trust this structure, but I promise you as you practice it, you'll come to go, holy Jesus Everything in my experience and your experience gets to be validated in this way. And when we can stand in that place of all four truths getting our loving awareness, then and only then can we start to work on, so what might we do about it? But we're not there yet. And I know there's an urgency usually in a big topic. It's like, okay, okay, but what to do about it, right? We just want answers. But I'm going to suspend you in this place for a couple of sessions so that we get masterful at really tending to all four truths. So as you can tell, today was a big one. The biggest takeaway that I had from him is that he said, because we have been able to see each other in each other's pain, is that we are starting to heal by having a safe place to have this conversation. And I also think having this conversation the reason what I've realised through doing this podcast, through working in radio, through sharing my life publicly on social media, not everything, but is that I then feel less alone. Yeah, and I think one big taking that I've probably mentioned time and time again, I think having the chat with people about whatever issue is going on in your life, whether it's work or your relationship or whatever, as soon as you start talking to other people, you'll find that they'll drop their guards, they'll end up telling you about a story of theirs that's going on 
And then straight away, the pressure's dropped off or you'll be like, oh, my life's not as bad as I thought. You, you know, you hear someone else's story and it's, it feels worse or it sounds worse. So, you know, talking as we are now uh, through probably one of the biggest things we have to deal with and work through is, is fucking hard. But at the same time, yeah, we're, we're working together to try and work through it. As much as it sucks, cutie, I'm proud of us. Me too, babe. We're in it together. <laughs> oh, don't make me cry again. <laughs> um, oh, thank you so much for listening and to the beautiful Simone who is sponsoring this relationship series. Uh, all the W's.kitchenlanguage.com.au. Please check them out. It's cheekiness, not for the faint hearted, perfect for potty mouths, 18 plus. They're an Australian business. It's run by our sweary bitch, Simone, and she loves that her customers get a giggle from her sweary offerings. So products are super affordable. If you're sick of buying your partner the same old shit, Kitchen Language has you covered. So jump online, kitchenlanguage.com.au and use the promo code LOVE. Um, Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Today was a big day. We're going to dive deeper into it. Uh, over the next couple of weeks and we would love to hear from you as well if you are going through something similar please send us a message we would love to get you on the pod Um, wherever you're listening uh, we would love for you to rate review and uh, tag us as well at underscore Heidi Anderson Um, that's it today that's love bye bye